Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today. Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Dan DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good morning, everybody, and welcome into Sewing Hope. I am Bill Snyder, and as always, I am joined uh, by my uh, friend Anne DeSantis. Uh, she is here with us this morning, uh, just getting everything uh, technically open and ready to rock and roll here, folks. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us and being a part of our uh, podcast this morning. Uh, we're having a few technical difficulties with Podbean, so we're not broadcasting live on Podbean, but we are on TuneIn now and also on YouTube. So thank you so much for joining us on those platforms, everybody. And uh, welcome, Ann, and thank you so much for being here on our uh, program. Hi, Bill. How are you doing? Great to be here. Great to be here with everyone this morning. It is. It is a great morning. It's a nice uh, sunny day here in Wisconsin. It looks like it's always sunny in Philadelphia as well. Um, so, uh, and uh, it's, yeah, just a, a beautiful day here. Um, and there's uh, God's hope all around us. Uh, be, before I bring on our guest, I want to re remind people that they can head over to our Patreon and subscribe uh, to our Patreon site. We have that brand new Discovery Remission series that we would love to have all of our listeners uh, subscribe to. You're going to be able to get great video content uh, from Fiat Ministry Network and us. All you have to do is head over to patreon.com and, uh, and then slash Patchwork Heart Ministry. Patreon.com slash Patchwork Heart Ministry. So, uh, Ann, who do we have as a guest today? Because I'm super excited about this. I really am too, and, and I welcome him. I welcome uh, Patrick Sullivan. He's coming to us from Canada. He's with Evangio Catholic Ministries. It's a Catholic media organization, as I said, based out of Canada, and their mission is to meet the baptized where they are while inspiring them to go forth and evangelize. So welcome, Patrick. Thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thank you, Ann. I'm so glad to be here with you both. This is fantastic. Yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing well. It's a nice morning here up in Canada. Not too much snow anymore, so oh, <laughs> I bring you good news from the north, I guess. <laughs> Very good. So starting out, Patrick, he's, he's a husband and a dad of nine, mm -hmm. and his, he and his wife are homeschooling the kids and doing a wonderful job. And uh, we were just talking right before this broadcast about the challenges that all of us are experiencing right now with this pandemic that we're going through but Patrick was also saying that there's many blessings there too bringing families together and and actually learning to uh, to be more virtuous in in our daily lives and I know that that's a big part of your ministry isn't it Patrick 
Well, that's absolutely it. I mean, with everything in our lives as the faithful, as Christians, as Catholics, we're called on a daily level, day to day. Will I go the good path or will I take the not so good path? Will I let the virtues kind of shine in me or will I let the worst of me come forward? And in this time when families and couples and well, everyone is thrown back together into the home, into the family unit. We all have that fight about us, don't we, Anne, where I have to decide, will I be patient with my spouse? Will I grow as a dad? Will I turn my home really into a sanctuary, the kind of beacon that the world can look to right now and say, there is hope? Or will I just kind of collapse in on myself and become a dark spot in the world? And I know, I'm, I'm speaking to all the baptized right now, I know and you know that that little fire has been lit somewhere in you. And I'm calling on you, the church is calling on you to set it ablaze. Because right now, everyone is looking out their window saying, which family, which person in the community gets it? And which family, which person out there understands how not just to live, but to thrive in this time that we are in? That is evangelization where we are right now. And that's something we can all do when you have your child step in front of you for the umpteenth time and say that thing you're just starting to get annoyed with. What are you going to do now, mom? What are you going to do now, dad? Will you tap into that baptismal fire and do something new here? Mm. I get so excited about this, guys. I know you can just interrupt or throw something at me if you need to. <laughs> no, I, just, I just go off. No, it's we great. We're in such a privileged time right now. We are. Catholics have always been the people for the battle of any era. Well, this is the battle of our time. And what does it mean? What does it look like? This is the question we have to ask ourselves. For God to tap the soldiers of Christ all around the world to wake up to the battle of our time. What does it look like? It doesn't matter if you're in India. It doesn't matter if you're in Asia. It doesn't matter if you're over some northern part of Canada. What is our Lord calling you to do right now in your home, in your family, with a little fire that you've been given? And remember this. I don't care how dark the room is. A little tiny flicker of a flame is all we need to start to see again. Our eyes are drawn to it. It starts to warm us. And we start to move. And the body of Christ needs to move. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you so much. I, I know I really needed that this morning. <laughs> I'm sure that many of our listeners did too, yeah. just hearing your enthusiasm as a father um, and as an evangelist in the Catholic Church. I want to invite everyone who is listening right now, and maybe you have your phone there in front of you, and you can go on to Evango. Now, am I saying that correctly? Evango.net. I want to make sure that I'm pronouncing that correctly. Right. Uh, as I said, they are based out of Canada. And I'm speaking with the founder, Patrick Sullivan, father of eight. So please go on and check it out and subscribe to their wonderful website. And I know you're also on social media at Evango on, on Facebook. And maybe you can tell us where else you're located so people can connect with you. Well, we're basically uh, everywhere, it seems. If you put in my name and put in Catholic lay evangelist, unfortunately for all of you, you get to see my face. And but if you want to find the different aspects of what we do, you can certainly check out meandmyhouse.net. That's Evango's initiative to help Catholic parents, uh, whatever stage you're at, if you're a new parent or you're a seasoned parent, uh, we want to help you. 
and we have resources for you. We have uh, things to give you tips, uh, principles for disciplining, uh, getting to what is the theology of parenting? Why is God so excited and why should we be so excited about being mothers and fathers? It's all there, meandmyhouse.net. So please take a look at us there as well. Awesome. Awesome. You know, yeah, what you said really resonated with with me, uh, you know, just about about the about the being that small little light, you know, and mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, last night, uh, my my wife uh, I was was going to bed and I said, I'm going to hop in the shower real quick. And so uh, she's like, OK, you know, she we have this little like night light that, uh, you know, turns on just like she shuts off the main light in the room. And uh, and I came in last night and it was already lit. She was like, oh, you know, she she left the light lit for me. Uh, typically, I have to turn it on. You know, typically I have to turn it on when I get, you know, if, if it's dark and she's, you know, just kind of relaxing in, in the bed or whatever. And it was, you know, so perfect. It was wonderful. Um, and, and I was like, man, that's so nice. <laughs> you know, I said to her, thank you for leaving that on. Uh, so I could get, yeah. But, you know, you know what? So it just resonated with me so, so clearly. It's like, that's what we have to do. You know, during this time, we have to just, you know, forward think. We have to leave the light on we have to we have to be the light even no matter how small it is no matter how small of a gesture it, it it's a it's a big gesture you know it is a huge gesture go back to the ancient world for a little bit very much the example you gave us if i'm a traveler and i've, I've gone to the neighboring town or city and i've been going by day by night by caravan by my own two legs eventually i want to get to my little town and i want to see my little house and guess what i'm going to see in the window a little flame, a little candle. They don't need to set my house on fire. I'm really hoping they won't. All I need is the little flame of the window. Right. Welcome home. Come home. And just as our spouses can do that for us, and that's wonderful. Again, I love that image. We can do that for the world right now. Mm. One little flame. Amen. Come home. Come home. Be safe and thrive. Don't just live. Thrive. This is the time. Amen. Yeah, it's you yes. know, it, it, it's so true. This is the time, you know, this is, you know, you mentioned also, this is our the the challenge of our, this is the battle of our era. And, you That's know, right. and Catholics have always risen to that battle. They've always risen. They've always led, right? Uh, they've always been the leaders. And and again, we have to lead again. You know, we, and, and, and it doesn't mean we have to be the loudest people on social media. It doesn't mean we have to be the, you know, the, the the most flashy uh leaders it means we just have to do our thing leave the small things light the candle right sure. and and if we do that the corner you know we light you know i i use that phrase i remember in, when i was in high school i would use the phrase a lot you know uh, it is better to light one candle than to curse the darkness and sure. um you know, so so what a beautiful what a beautiful mission. And you know, no matter where you are in your faith journey, uh, no matter where you're listening to this, whether you're listening on TuneIn or YouTube, uh, live or not, uh, we want you to know that that you are welcome here, and that this is you know about hope and 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 Patrick does exactly that, right? This is what you do in your ministry, right? You you meet people where they are along their journey, right? There's as far as I'm concerned, there's no other way to do it. Look at the individual. When the individual is in crisis, who do they go to? I know when I've been in crisis in my life, who do I go to? Who have I gone to? I do not go to the loudest. I do not go to the most popular. I do not go even to the most available. I go to the person that first that I trust. They're living authentic life. That's the first thing. Do I trust them? 
The second thing, and hopefully these are intimately connected, but I go to the person who loves me because the person who loves me sees me correctly. So who do we need to be right now in the world as leaders, as you say, and I love that. Who do we need to be? The people we've been called to be. Trustworthy, another word for that is authentic, and people who love them. And if that is not coming across in our ministries, our apostolates, and our way we're just living our family lives, we are missing it. We're, we might as well go snuff out the candle in our window and, and pack up. Because Catholics of every age, the ones who have really led, are those who've been trustworthy, authentic, and those who can say, I love you, and you know that I love you. That's going to make all the difference today in our time. So again, beautiful imagery. But this, I hope, as we're talking with this, and we're having this great conversation together, the, the three of us, I hope something is resonating in the heart of every baptized person. And I hope, if you're listening to this, and you're in crisis of whatever kind, of whatever nature, you know that's true. I don't think I'm saying something extraneous to the human person here. The human heart knows when it's hard, when they're down, when they need to get up, but can't find the hand or the rope to grab onto. They're saying to themselves, this is kind of a last ditch effort. Who loves me? Who can I trust? And I want you, if you're listening to this, ask yourself that out loud and look around. And I hope, and I'm going to say this with all meaning, I hope to God because he's involved in all of these things. I hope you can find a Catholic who's authentic and loves you right there and they can grab onto you and you can grab a hold of them because if they're living up to their baptismal call, they're ready. Yeah. So oh, thank you, you. Honestly, that means so much to our listeners, but to me personally, in a great way, I want to make a call out to people who are listening because, uh, in a perfect world, there is always some Catholic or someone, maybe they're not even Catholic, who does make that call, you know, reach out to that person and help that suffering person. We know that so many people are suffering with COVID-19 right now and the effects of COVID-19 and also those who have lost jobs and uh, going through very difficult times. It's a real thing. Uh, I want to make that call out to people listening that Sewing Hope podcast also is your friend and trusted uh, community here. So please reach out to us as well at sewinghope at patchworkheart.org because we care about you. We care about what you uh, are going through. And I know that Patrick, so do you. And I know that if somebody is listening and needs uh, uh, some outreach from your ministry, I'm sure that you're also there for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is an all hands on deck situation. If you felt right now, you know, up to this point, I should say, that I can just quietly live my life as a Catholic, as a Christian. I'm just going to go my merry way. I'm going to study the scriptures on my own. I'm going to get excited in my own little part of the world. No, no longer. That time, if it ever existed, which I don't think it did, but that time is over. People need us. And do not fall for the illusion. I know you two here do not. But I know many Catholics do. They fall for the illusion that the world has everything, especially in the West. We have everything. We have the toys. We have the money. We have the, the retirement plan. We're good. No, that is an illusion. Get past the happy talk, and you'll see people are breaking all over the place. Left, right, center. People are struggling, and they need that hand that they can trust. 
So God bless your ministry for being available for people. And we're going to do our part at Evango to do the same. Uh, I mentioned earlier, right now, one of our focus is to reach out and really be there for Catholic parents. So if you are a Catholic parent and you need some help with various aspects, we have something to help you. If you know others who need just that extra boost, that extra helping hand, or a lot of help, certainly reach out to us at meandmyhouse.net. But um, we're in this together. We really are. We are. We are. Thank you so much. So um, I thought maybe we could go back to parenting because I know that's such a great portion of what you do with with nine kids homeschooling. Uh, hey, tell us a little bit about your family. Love to hear. Sure thing. So my oldest just turned 14 and my youngest is still in the womb. And uh, we've got the range in between and we have one set of twins in there as well. Okay. So one thing we've learned, Kyle and I, over the years is um, we can get better at parenting. (laughs) (laughs) There's lots of room to grow. Uh, But I think one of the most important things is this, that the realization about every other mom and dad is that, look, I know and you know you're already doing the best you can. And I I don't think that's said enough. I, I think very often we get the impression that we're failing and that everyone else is a better parent than I am. Well, here, here's actually the fact. Parents have been gifted to do this very specific thing with these very specific children. And in our life, very day-to-day, we make mistakes, we learn, we grow, we make more mistakes, we ask for forgiveness from our kids, we demand to hear, you know, I'm sorry from our own kids, and we're learning together. So we're taking that very real hard knocks experience coupled with our faith, with the theology of our faith. And we're reaching out to other families saying, hey, will this help you? We just went through this. Will this help you as one way to move forward to get past that obstacle or that problem? So my, my kids are very diverse. They're all very different. And each child we have just reminds us of a couple of things. Actually, one is that I still have room to grow. Kyla still has room to grow. But also every child we have, because I know nine children is a lot for some people, like, oh, you're nine, how are you still standing? Every child I have really reveals to me another aspect to my wife, Kyla. You know, people say, Patrick, would you have 10? Would you have 12? Would you have 15? Look, that's a wrong question for me. What you should be asking me is, do I want more of Kyla in the world? And the answer to that is a resounding yelling, yes, absolutely. Are you kidding me? I want more of my beloved in the world because I really believe that heart that she's brought to this culture, this time period, is what's needed. And I I like to, on a good day, when I'm feeling quite bold, say, Kyla, I know you feel the same here. You want more of me in the world. (laughs) So this is the thing. I know parents love their kids. We're all making mistakes. We're all growing. The question is, do we want to become better? Do you want to become better? And do you want to see more of these gems in the world? Can I can I kind of divert for just a moment? And sure, please. One of my favorite passages from the Old Testament is about this little Moses, Moshi, coming into the world, right? Now, up in that point in scriptures, we have the sons of God, those who are living covenant, those who are not, the follow-on, the Nephilim, etc. But with Moses coming into the world, it's supposed to be a new beginning, mind you. It's supposed to be a whole new thing coming forward. They name him Moses, and this should shock us. Well, we know that scripturally in Hebrew, that means one who's drawn out of the water. And we say, yeah, of course, we've heard that before. But hold on a second. Who really named him? Well, it was probably the Egyptian princess, the one who actually had all authority. And in ancient Egyptian, if you look up Moshi, you know what that means? 
it actually means son of or child of question mark. In other words, we're supposed to understand if we're ancient, if we're ancient minded and scriptural, whose child is this going to be? Is this going to be child of the most high God, a child of the covenant, a child of the Israelites, one who will push the whole story forward? Or is this going to be another fallen one, a lost one, a forgotten one? And I'm challenging parents right now, and I have to do this as dad in my own home. Whose child am I going to help you be? Are you going to be a child of the covenant, loved, and pushing the, the story of salvation forward? Or am I just going to retreat into myself and go play with my toys and think about my man cave and stuff I want to do in the moment? Mm. No, no, no. I have a mission. Every dad, every mom has a mission, and it greatly involves that little face that you fell in love with. That little face. I remember the first time I saw my first, my eldest child, Gabriel. I remember holding him. Kylo was just finally falling asleep, holding going, wow, the mission has changed. And every one of you listening right now, if you have a child, pull up their picture, take a glance at them, try to, don't let them look. <laughs> don't let them see <laughs> you doing this. Yeah. Remember that moment when you fell in love. Mm. Moshi, whose child are you? Well, certainly you're mine. But I'm just a representative here. You, my son, you, my daughter, are child of the great king, and you are integral to the fantastic story of salvation that's going to save us in our time today. Mm. That's so beautiful. It's, it's very positive, but in light of what we believe as Catholics, because as you brought up a couple points ago, Patrick, sometimes in our world you see this almost false positivity where when it's void of God, when someone is, is always pointing to being positive and mindful and all of those kinds of things, but with a lack of faith, it really doesn't mean anything because it doesn't account for the suffering of the world. It doesn't That's account true. for the realness of what people are going through. Absolutely true. And um, I'm sure that you as a parent, and, and one of the things that I try to instill in my kids too, is that uh, empathy for other people's situations. Because it's, it's very hard. Um, it's, I don't know if it's something that can be taught. I think it has to be through the Lord and through virtue that we understand that, you know, we are blessed and, and God blesses all of us in different ways, but there's some people who are marginalized. You know, Absolutely. and and I, I think that um, that's something to instill in, in children, I think, not in a, a uh, negative kind of, you know, sad way, but just to say, you know what, you are blessed and we need to pray for those who are on the fringes of this world. Absolutely. And not just yeah. pray, get out there and get be out there and be the Lord's hands, feet, mm -hmm. mouth. One thing we have a conversation with our kids, it comes up from time to time. And absolutely, we were very thankful. We do our prayer of thanks at every uh, dinner we have together daily. We've been thanking the Lord for each other, for the blessings, for extended family, for things that have gone right. But we always have that conversation shortly thereafter of the world needs Christ. And we call it, we dare to call ourselves Christians. What a, what a daring move. That means that when people look at me, they need to be able to say, there goes a little Christ. Amen. Wow. That, I mean, the implications of that. You can imagine me standing there at the pearly gates and having Peter look me over <laughs> and say, 
you called yourself a little savior, a little Jesus, a little Mashiach, a little anointed one. You dared to say that you would live a life so intimately bound to the Lord that others could look at you and say, there he goes. Mm. How dare you? Now, if I'm trying, and this is the important part, I don't need to be perfect. The Lord says, be perfect. But what he means is try. Get out there and work. Get out there and speak. You'll make mistakes. Love the kids you've been. Love your spouse. Do what you can. And you only, this is so important. This is why we can't say to other people, you're not trying hard enough. I don't know what's on their soul. I don't know what's on their heart. I don't know the battle that's waging in them. But our Lord says, try. Do it. Reach out. And amidst that suffering you're talking about, Anne, as long as I know in my heart, I'm actually trying. I'm doing, I'm working, I'm praying. Well, God can use that, and he, he does use that. And I, uh, one of the things, I very often I'm brought in to speak to missionaries and kind of help them uh, pivot again on the mission, the, maybe the apostle that they've been called to. And one of the things I, I like to bring up to them is this, this painting that uh, Benedict XVI brought up in one of his books. He talks about this image as there's a shepherd, and there's the, the flock. And in between them both is the sheepdog, right? The sheepdog. And he says, quite, you know, casually, he says, well, we know who the shepherd is. The shepherd is the Lord. The shepherd could be the pastor standing in place of the Lord to do his will on earth. And, of course, we know who the flock is. That's all of us, or baptismal call, or even the lost lambs, we know. But who on earth is the sheepdog? And he takes that, and he has a whole wonderful thing to say about it. But I remember reflecting on that when he brought that to my attention. And I could not help but see every Catholic person who dares to step into the gap. Every Catholic person who dares to step out in the field and say, I know on my own I cannot beat the wolf. Because the sheepdog cannot beat the wolf. But what he's going to do, or she's going to do, is she's going to give the sheep time to run back to the shepherd. And if you know that, if you get that, if you can visualize that, then you know as a Christian at the heart, your life is forfeit to save those that God loves. Mm -hmm. If you have listeners right now that are asking, does God love me? I'm here to tell you. I'm in Canada right now. That's where I'm <laughs> sitting in my little living room. God loves you. And I, as a Christian, my life is forfeit. I will happily run into the gap. All right, I might complain a little bit. <laughs> but I will run into the gap. And I know many, many, many will do the same to give you the time, the moment, that little, that little spot where you make the decision and you run with all you have, you try to get back to the shepherd. People are hurting. Mm -hmm. People are struggling. But friends who are listening, there is time. The light is in the window. This isn't happy talk. People are hurting. But run. Run with everything you have. That is so beautiful, you know. I mean, it really I, is. I love that imagery about being a sheepdog. Uh, mm -hmm. I really, I really love it. And you know, there's something to be said for transforming yourself from from a sheep into a sheepdog. It it, it is yes. not an easy. It is not an easy transition no. uh, <laughs> to go from to go from being um, one who is going to, you know, f follow the the shepherd to then one who is going to sacrifice everything for. Um, those, your, your fellow, you know, your fellow uh, followers of Christ. And, you know, I mean, that's where the true joy steps in. I mean, you know, that's where the true joy steps in because Jesus says it, right? He says it in, 
John chapter 15, where he talks about uh, for, for us, laying down our lives is the greatest thing we can do for one's friend, right? That's laying right. down our life, you know, and, and it, it's totally countercultural. What you're talking about is totally countercultural because, because what he says in that is that brings you complete joy. That brings you complete joy by laying down your life. And, and you think about that for a minute and you go, wait a minute, but every commercial that I'm watching on television right now <laughs> is true. telling me that I'm going to be happy if I have this or if I get this. And it's not, nope, here's everything, dude. You know what I mean? It's not that. That's not what the world teaches. That's not what the world preaches. And so it's so beautiful, that imagery about, okay, I'm going to put myself in, in harm's way for another person. I'm going to lay down my life. I'm going to sacrifice. And that you know, where, is where Jesus says this is the greatest love that you can experience and you can have um, in, in your life is to give it up. And that makes no sense. But, um, you know, to, to us who just want to be filled with you know, the pleasures of the day and what is even tempting in this time to go out and hoard toilet paper and hoard, you know, cases <laughs> of water and all yeah. of these things. Yeah. It, is, it is very easy to say, oh, I need that. No, no, wait a minute. So let me slow down and give that to somebody else who might be in more need. I do have a running water spigot in my in my apartment. You know what I mean? Like, do I need 12 cases of water right now? Yes. You know? Perfect. Yeah. I, I agree with, with what both of you are saying. And I think it comes down to trusting God when you go through challenging times in your life. Um, you know, this ministry is called Patchwork Heart, which is Bill's ministry, Bill Snyder. Uh, and the reason it's called Patchwork Heart is that he himself has gone through some issues with health and heart. And the one thing that we both have in common is that we both have gone through that. And that is something that when you're going through some kind of health problem, which thankfully both Bill and I are doing very well, right, Bill? Yeah, we're doing great. Uh, praise God, praise God. In fact, it was uh, 21 years ago on this day, uh, April 28, 1999, that I uh, had gotten a disease that affected my heart after pregnancy and almost died. But I had been given the sacrament of the sick. And uh, thank God, you know, I, I was cured from it. It was a struggle for a while, but thank, thank the Lord that he pulled me through. So going through a, a situation like this with the pandemic on a personal level brings me back to the time that, you know, God pulled me through my own crisis, which was to me a little worse than this, you know, because when you're not able to breathe and you think you're going to die. And I, I know, Bill, you understand that piece, uh, you know, um, but thank God for for him and his his mercy. Right. I mean, um, so for whatever you're going through right now and you're listening, we're, we're talking with Patrick Sullivan. He's the founder, the founder of Evang Evango in Canada. So grateful to you, Patrick. And please check out his website at evango.net. I'm looking at the website right now. And you evangelize through truth, goodness, and beauty. Mm -hmm. So I thought you could talk a little more on that, too. Oh, absolutely. You're getting on all my favorite topics, Anne. <laughs> <laughs> you plan this. Look, very often I, I do have my head in the nature of evangelization. And what does it mean? to call people of our time back to the Lord, what does that look like? And one of the things I, I suppose you could say I've stumbled upon is the power of the transcendentals, the power of truth, goodness, and beauty. And what I've seen over and over again in my work is that people will come back to the faith very often for one of three reasons. 
very often, I'm, maybe you've done this, maybe you've seen this, you have people in your life, you think, if I could just explain the faith to them enough, then they will have an aha moment and they will run to the, the local church and life will be changed. And then you spend hours and hours and days and months and years possibly. And you give them the best of the best of Catholic thought and still they hold out. And one day they see a painting and there's maybe the, the figures are positioned in a particular way and the colors are a little bit vibrant on this side of the canvas. And they turn to you and they say, now I want to be Catholic. Mm. You're wondering what happened there. Well, what happened is they actually speak one of those languages that I call them more than the next. They don't speak truth as much as they speak beauty. And you have to understand that when you're speaking to other people in the faith and trying to call them with love. Remember, St. Augustine, only the lover sings. We're singing out to the world. You have to use one of these three languages to tap into their heart. Think about Adam and Eve. In the very beginning, they spoke all three. They cataloged creation. They understood logos. They understood reason, truth. And they looked about creation, and it was gorgeous, beautiful. They understood beauty and goodness. I mean, that's what it was all about, around the tree. It's about right or wrong. How do I live? They understood all three, but with sin, we, we actually forget how to speak these languages but for our sake and our salvation, our Lord keeps one language alive in us, one syntax, one morphology, one vocabulary. And when we hear it, we understand, we listen, we get in tune. Do either of you have someone in your life who says, look, I don't need to go to church because I encounter God on the lake, in the forest, on the path when hiking? Oh, oh yes. Definitely. Possibly that person is trying to tell you in their own garbled way. Really, they see God in the beauty. Mm. One of my kids, uh, Hannah, I I'm always shocked when she sees someone do some kind of act of goodness. She's captivated. Daddy, do you see that man over there? He gave that woman his coat. Do you see? Wow, Daddy, what a man of God. That's me. <laughs> That's pricey. Yeah, definitely. Without a doubt, goodness is my is my thing. And um well, See, this is yes. what I found is that with truth, goodness and beauty, once you know about these languages and these categories, approaching people makes it vastly different now. I personally, on a, a very personal level, when I go to evangelize, I ask myself and I ask the Lord, what language do they speak? Mm. I remember years ago as a security guard, a little aside here, I was a nighttime security guard to help pay get through uh, university and college. And this one guy came to me one night and he said, hey, I hear you, uh, you know, the faith pretty well. Can you convince me to be Catholic? I would love to do this. And I didn't know very much of the time. And I was just starting to study myself. And I thought, OK, this should, this should be fun. And he told me, well, I'm a science major. And I, Patrick, I got to tell you, I respect reason. So it better be reasonable. So I spent the entire shift not doing my job, apparently, but my entire shift <laughs> convincing him the best I could remember anyway about the Catholic. And he didn't seem too convinced by the end of it, but he said he would think about it. The next day he came back and he was just beaming. His, his light, his, the light in his eyes. I mean, just, Patrick, I love the Catholic faith. And I was kind of dumbfounded. Mm. And I asked him, what was it that I said that really convinced you? Because I wasn't sure by the right. time you left. He said, you owe nothing. After I talked to you, I met a girl and she showed me the, the beauty of the faith. Mm. And I'm hooked. And that was it. <laughs> Wow. And I have story after story after story 
when you start to see people in terms of what language do you speak first, yeah. things fall into place. So that's why our ministry evangel focuses on that. No matter what we're going to do, it better be beautiful. It better uphold the goodness of our faith, the goodness of humanity. And you know what? We got to tell the truth. Let's be honest. Let's be authentic. Do those three things. Hit on all of them all the time. I know colleges, I know universities now are using that as their evangelization program in their community, and they're seeing results. Yeah, I know countless stories now, it's been a few years now, where people say, I couldn't reach this one person. And then I realized this whole time they're telling me they speak beauty or they speak goodness or whatever it is, and now everything's changed. Tap into one of those, tap into whichever it is, learn to speak it, because probably you're not too well-versed in it at this point. We all have our own language. For me, can you guess? Can you guess what mine is? Would it be truth? No, it's not truth. Okay. <laughs> no, because you're so well-versed in your faith. Maybe that's well, why. That, and that's a good point. We look at people's training. We look at maybe how they make a living. <laughs> we look at how they spend their days. And we assume that will equal their language. Mm. When more often than not, that's not the case at all. Yeah. No, I, I just heard a story recently of a, a philosophy major who was trying to convert, or however you want to call it, basically show the joy of the Lord to his fellow philosopher. And he spent all year arguing back and forth. And they're leaving campus, and he said to his friend, hey, before we go, I just want to jump in to see Jesus at this little chapel. I'll be out in just a minute. Just want to say goodbye and thank you, Jesus, mm-hmm. for the day. Well, he went in to say thank you and bye to Jesus, and he turned around, and his friend was standing there, this other philosopher, and his eyes were just wide open. And my friend, this one who's telling me about it, pulled him out, and he said, I'm sorry about that. I, I, we haven't talked about the Eucharist yet. We haven't talked about that. And this other philosopher interrupted him. He said, stop. Stop right there. He's very emphatic about it. He said, what? He said, why did you waste my time? Why did you waste my time? What do you mean, why did I waste? All year we've been arguing. Thomas Aquinas, Augustine, Bonaventure, we've done it all. But you never once showed me that. The, the conversation's over, I'm captivated. Mm. Captivated by beauty. Spend the time we have, because we don't have lots of time, but spend the time we have figuring out what language they speak. Learn to speak it even a little bit yourself and then dive in and you'll see a very different response. Mm. So a long-winded way Love to say, it. yes, truth, goodness, beauty. Mm-hmm. As far as I'm concerned, it's at the heart of evangelization. It really is. And I, I think you would agree too that in our world, we live in a world where there's a lot of talking and not a lot of listening. Yes. And I think that when we are trying to teach our kids And also, even with ourselves being in ministry, just taking the time to listen to someone, not to try to convince, because God does that convincing. People sometimes need someone to just hear their point of view, even if we don't agree, you know? And Um, for most people, they chalk that up as goodness, because they rarely mm, see That's right. Amen. Amen. I wondered if there was anything that during this time of the pandemic— that your uh, ministry that, that you're doing right now or that you would like to share? Because, you know, a lot of people can't go out. We're not able to meet in churches or we're not receiving the sacraments. Unfortunately, we can't wait till we are able to. Yeah. But wondered if you had any thoughts there about uh, the way the, the church is handling this pandemic. Uh, you know, there's a lot of online masses and uh, mm-hmm. even organizations, Catholic organizations that are doing those great big Zoom calls where people can watch on social media. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's safe to say and fair to say that everyone is just 
making it up as they go along. Mm. I, I don't mean any slight at any organization or person. I mean, we are the body of Christ, and the body of Christ is supposed to be connected. Uh, in the early church, it would have been much simpler to sit at home and yell from across the way, hey, do you still love the Lord? I still love the Lord. We risked our lives to meet each other. And I'm not saying everyone now must go run out and risk their lives with COVID, but we all have the sense still, even though we're trying our darndest, we're doing what we can, we know that we still need, we need each other. We need each other. There should be a longing in us for obviously the Eucharist, but there should be a longing in us for the rest of the body of Christ. I would love to be sitting down with you two in studio right now. I would love to be, you know, pouring you a cup of coffee and chatting face to face, but we cannot do that. And I think right now, as much as we're all trying, we're scrambling, trying to figure it out, we're all hoping that sooner or later, somehow we can again come together as body of of Christ. So I don't have any easy answers. I don't have this is the way to go forward. All I know is we need to keep alive this idea that I'm not truly Catholic. I'm universal until I'm connected as much as humanly possible with the body, whether the body's in heaven, whether I pray for the body that's in purgatory, or whether I'm praying and being with you as far as I'm able right now today. So it's important that we do this. It, it really is. Yeah. But it, we also have to remind people to keep up that longing for one another. So when the day happens, when it occurs, I'm going to be there in studio, studio with you guys. And yes, I expect a cup of coffee. You know, so <laughs> I, I want to make sure we keep that alive. Yeah. Oh, that, that's good advice because, uh, you know, I was, I, I think I saw something either, it was either on the news or on social media that people are kind of getting tired of the Zoom calls in some ways because some teachers that are, you know, still, educating students it's like an all-day thing from one student after the next after the next those that don't homeschool right uh so it gets to a point of that exhaustion yeah. exactly. with uh yes. screen time you know um but but you know i think of this patrick and bill aren't we blessed that we are in this time of the digital world that we can do this because can you imagine if this were 15 years ago or something oh exactly exactly we would not have this we My would not be able to do this exactly the same thing i mean what will get us through this time obviously is our faith but in a very practical way modern media i mean we're isolated but we're let's be honest we're isolated ish yes yes <laughs> i can still hear bill's voice i can still see you if i want to and you can see me uh, modern media has enabled us to stay connected ish and that little ish at the end is going to be all the difference between writing. It's going to be all the difference between theft. It's going to be all the difference between communication, families breaking down. Um, if I, we all live generally in different cities from our own families, my siblings, my parents, I, exactly. And imagine 15, 20 years ago, what would have happened? I'd just be hoping and praying that they're okay. Mm -hmm. And that itself brings on an anxiety and a worry that we definitely do not need to add to the the troubles we are already having yeah right thank you and you know yeah. um yeah it's, it's it's father matthew phelan who um is a is a friend of yours Anne, and uh and, and really the program too and uh he was he was saying this and it, it's, it bears repeating and just to kind of echo what you're saying is that you know the, the internet too is a is an amazing blessing it's an amazing blessing and often times um 
we don't see it like that. You know, we hear about the evils, um, you know, uh, one third of all Internet traffic being pornography out there. Uh, well, I guarantee you it's no longer uh, one third because the amount of masses that are being celebrated on the Internet right now, the, the number of uh, masses, the number of, uh, you know, uh, religious services and, and media that the Catholics and, and Christians have taken to these airwaves to begin to be able to uh, purify it. You know, I mean, you know, never have we seen so many masses <laughs> being celebrated over the Internet. Uh, and, and that's Father Matthew's point, but it's just wonderful um, because, because, you know, man, what a, what a great way to, um, you know, think about this. This is our opportunity as, as Christians, as Catholics to overtake, uh, because, you know, the internet is not inherently evil. People, people would say, oh, the internet's evil, you know, digital media, you know, television, it's all evil. It's all bad. You know, you shouldn't watch it, blah, blah, blah. No, it's not inherently evil. Um, there's nothing inherently evil about the internet or TV. It's about, it's about the content that's produced on it. And mm -hmm. if we... As Christians, if we as Catholics uh, make the stand and say we're going to use this tool for goodness, you know, as you talk about truth, beauty, and goodness, if we're going to use it for truth, we're going to use it for beauty, and we're going to use it for goodness, we are going to change the hearts and minds of, of so many people uh, watching, and we're going to have a great impact when we finally wake up from all this and be able to go outside. They're going to be like, hey, you saw that? Oh, that was so cool. You know, that's what you did. You know, that you, you heard this program with these guys? I mean, that's that's what this is about you know it's about you know launching yourself full speed into it and and using it for those for those uh you know things truth beauty and goodness i agree completely because uh well first of all my opinion is the digital world is not inherently evil because uh it's also helping in a lot of ways the healthcare world our our money system i mean i'm all for doing things digitally in that way instead of using uh cash you know uh, make it easy, you know, Let's keep up with what the millennials are thinking, uh, their way of doing things. Uh, a shout out to the president of the foundation that I, that I work for, the St. Raymond Anatis Foundation, because uh, he has educated us so much on the gifts of the digital world. And that is what we plan to do as a foundation is also to really expand that out to uh, really connecting the Catholic world so that with these websites all over the place that we can connect as one source when somebody thinks Catholic Church to be able to go to a place where it's all there, you know. So pray for us. If, if anybody's out there listening, pray for the St. Raymond Anatis Foundation with this digital project that we have to bring the digital world out even in a greater way uh, with some of the plans that we have to uh, connect the Catholic world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, interesting on the, the issue of media, I was, I was just thinking, Bill, as you were mentioning, of all of the masses being said online, all of the good work, all mm. the foundation's work. Really, what we're doing is what was done two millennia ago. I mean, all the masses, all the grace that's pouring through this channel, this medium, we're basically hallowing what has already been well trod. In the ancient world, who was on the road? Well, it was the brigands. It was the, you know, the pirates. But then came along the pilgrim, mm. and the road became a sanctified place. It became a place where you could, yes, you could be robbed. Okay, that's always a possibility. But you could also encounter the person who could put you back on the way. So you're, you're walking along many miles, and someone, isn't this the road to Emmaus? 
saddles up beside you, more or less, and says, tell me a story, right? This is what's happening now in our time. We're getting on the road of today, which is the internet, which is all the, the podcasts and all the media. We're getting on today and we're saddling up next to people and say, tell me your story. Why are you downcast? What happened? And I really believe there's so many parallels between Jesus on the road to Emmaus with us today. When we listen, as Anne said, and let's not preach for a moment, tell me your story. And they could say things like, well, are you the only one who doesn't know about COVID? <laughs> are you the only one who doesn't know what's happening in the world right now? Right. <laughs> and we can say, you tell me. I mm-hmm. want to hear it from your heart, from your eyes. I want to hear it from your life's purview. Tell me. And then I'm going to tell you something. Mm-hmm. I really believe this is time to hallow, to make holy this new form of media. It was done in the past. It worked Let's be pilgrims to those people on the way using this media right now. And you guys are already doing this. So this is fantastic. Thank you so much. I I love everything I'm hearing. And I think um, this comes to my head. And I guess I just want to put it out there. Something to think about. I think sometimes when we all evangelize, we're looking for results. Who doesn't? Who doesn't want to see that when I talk to my friend that, you know, they started coming back to mass. But sometimes it's about loving people, just like Mother Teresa, St. Teresa of Calcutta has said, our job is to love people. Mm -hmm. Is it about that Anne was right? You know, I mean, yeah, in the back of my head, yeah, I want me to be right, don't I? (laughs) I mean, I want to walk away from an argument and think, well, I I won on that one. I really, but yeah, we all do. I mean, the back of our heads, don't we? But it's, it's the humility that we need to bring inside that virtue. And say, you know what? It's not about me being right or seeing a result from my evangelization. It would be nice oh, yeah. if we could, Absolutely. but Absolutely. the result of our evangelization is loving people, isn't it? Isn't that what God has called us to? Absolutely. So the way that we love people, and I'm thinking, is through Evangel, through Sewing Hope podcast, through the Saint Raymond Nonatus Foundation, through these wonderful masses that priests are offering right now. Uh, online, like Father Matthew, who made the comment on this podcast, and other uh, priests and bishops and whoever are listening out there, right? I mean, that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're loving them right now because that's what the world needs, isn't it? The world needs love. That's God, and God is love. That's Jesus right. Christ, with the help of the prayers of Our Our Lady. That's right. I and wondered get, if you could talk about Our, our Lady. You're getting me started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like you have a list there and saying, I'm going to fire Patrick out and, and we're going to see what happens. I'm a list person. I won't <laughs> lie. <laughs> I mean, this is one of the hardest things in evangelization. Absolutely one of the hardest, which is coming to the realization and acceptance that sometimes I'm not called to bring in the harvest. I'm called to throw seeds. That can be very difficult for someone who has a love for a neighbor and love of Jesus Christ. Because that means I'm put in a place, I see someone, I say something, don't really understand why I said it or just the way I said it. And that did something, but I'll never see the final result. Mm-hmm. Right? Amen. But here's, I, I think once we accept that and we really really accept that not just lip service but we say okay lord you are the one who's there at the beginning the middle and the end for each soul you are not me you're going to inject me into this person's life where i'm needed Hmm. and then when because it does happen from time to time we get to see a person turning towards the lord 
we get to see that. That's such a graced, privileged mm. time. When we see that, we can really be thankful. Thank you, Jesus, for letting me see that key moment. I, you know, my title is Catholicly mm. Evangelist, but I, same, I love your honesty, Anne. Same thing. There are many t- days I want to say, look, I'm the one doing it. It's me. I, I want to see that I was right and I said the right thing. <laughs> well, I was, can I tell you a quick story? I promise it won't be too long. Yeah. I was traveling to give a, a, I think it was a mini conference for again missionaries. And I told myself, you know what, this, this Catholic evangelist talks too much. So I'm giving myself permission not to speak to anyone when I travel. So this is, this is what yeah. because most of God's grace happens on the way. It, it yeah. does. It happens in those little conversations, that little thing in the line, mm-hmm. talking to the cashier here and there. But I told myself, I was so tired. I was so exhausted. I was coming from one mission going to another mission. So I gave myself permission. I said, Lord, I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk to anyone. I'm going to open my book and look at my book. I'm getting on the plane. I'm getting there. And then I'll do what I'm supposed to do. And you know how we do this, right? We say, Lord, is that okay? And then we don't really wait for the answer. We just kind of move ahead. <laughs> well, that's what I did. And I sat in the airport and I could hear people because when you start getting in tune with people, you realize the need is everywhere. Mm-hmm. But I, in that moment, I thought, you know, no, I need my quiet time. So I stuck my head in my book and I wasn't going to engage. I got on the plane and I was thinking, okay, all I need to do, I really want a quiet plane ride. And usually... As you know, usually planes are perfect for fodder for conversation. You're right there, nowhere to go. Hey, how's it going? Where are you going? Where are you coming from? But I thought, I'm just going to be polite, say hello, and that would be it. Well, I got to my seat. It was a packed plane, but there was no one beside me. So I was singing hallelujah and praising the Lord for the quiet that was about to come upon me. And then this woman rushed onto the plane at the very last second. She sat down right beside me. And I said, I'm going to hold the line. I was very stubborn, very hard of heart, as we like to say. No, I'm not going to engage. Mm-hmm. And she leaned over and she said, so I, I, why are you traveling? And do you, I don't know why she asked, but very quickly, do you have any kids? I said, well, at the time, I seven kids or whatever it was. And she said, oh, you're Catholic. Is that what she said? <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> wow. oh, I've heard that before. Okay, yes, I'm Catholic. Mm-hmm. And we, we started talking. She said, so what do you do? How do you support that many kids? And I said, well, um, I'm kind of like a, kind of like a missionary. Now I never know how to explain it to people because evangelists they don't quite how can you be Catholic and evangelist how does that work? So I said, well, I'm kind of like a missionary, and she just went stone still, just no facial expression, just pause, and then she said, so you're kind of like an evangelist. And I said, yeah, actually my title is Catholic evangelist. You know, kind of like the impossible evangelism Catholic evangelist and she started to weep and mm. she started to weep and I thought oh what is going on here uh, I uncontrollably sob and when she composed herself she said I have to tell you that I'm on my way right now to give back my baby I said what do you mean she said three years ago I adopted a little child that no one wanted and I love my baby, I took care of my baby. I've raised my baby. She's my little baby. Mm-hmm. But I found out a couple months ago that my little baby has some medical problems that they didn't make me aware of. Mm-hmm. And I was told by everyone, my friends, my family, my lawyer, that there's a loophole. There's a loophole that if I go back and sign some papers right away, I can give my baby back and walk away. And I just sat there and stunned listening. And she said, but I knew something was wrong in my heart. 
I, I so I was sitting in the airport there mm-hmm. and I reached out to to my grandmother who's passed. And I said, Grandma, if you're real, if you're still alive, as you told me, you'd be in heaven. And if this God is real, as you told me when I was a little girl, then I need a miracle. I need a miracle to change direction on what I'm about to do. And she said, but Grandma, you better convince this God to do something impossible. I don't know. Make it impossible. Send me an evangelist. <laughs> make him a oh, my gosh. And I'm you were it. This. And I said, so I guess I'm the impossible evangelist. <laughs> oh, what a story. Oh, I love it. Oh, my gosh. Yes, you're my impossible evangelist. Oh, what wow. a story. I love grandmother stories because I, I pray to my grandmother for her in recession all the time. And I believe that she's found a lot of things around this house that I've lost. And I bring up that story because if we can accept that we are brought into other people's salvation story when we're needed the most, I can accept that maybe I'm the first step, maybe I'm the third or the 24th step. I don't need to see the whole story to know that God loves them and has them in the plan. Mm. So when he shows me those things, that little mm. graced moment of turning, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, That's Jesus. That's all good. And thank you, Patrick, because I'm looking at the clock and I'm sad that we're almost finished. No, you have Very to come sad. Back. So That's that means you have to goes. come back? You <laughs> have to come back? back? I would love to. As long Let as you make... have more questions for me. Oh. I don't think we got through that list. <laughs> yeah. No. no, seriously. And Lucy, who may be listening too, who was the one who emailed us, your friend who works for Evango. Lucy, we would love to have Patrick back. He's wonderful. Um, oh. Please, I invite the, our listeners to go to evango.net. Patrick Sullivan, the founder of this wonderful family ministry. He's located in Canada. Patrick, thank you so much for being well, a guest on the Sewing Hope podcast. Thank you. Yes. And I, can I just ask yes, all go. of your listeners to please pray for me? And I'll certainly be praying for you. We have a job to do. This is not the time to give up hope. Mm-mm. Let's ignite the little flame. God bless you all. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you all so much for listening to uh, this episode of Sowing Hope. Uh, we thank you for tuning in live on YouTube and tune in. And uh, until next time, which is this coming Thursday at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Bill Snyder for Anna DeSantis for Patrick Sullivan. Keep beating to your Catholic heart and sowing hope into those broken hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sowing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today.